uh, just for a few days, and I asked my dad to come and sing with me this morning. We haven't practiced, so bear with us. We're going to sing, Be Still My Soul. Dad, uh, he preached for us Wednesday night, and if you weren't here, you missed a good message. Appreciate him being willing to do that for us Wednesday night, and and uh, it's great to have them with us anytime we can get them. Uh, and uh, my dad's pastored in in uh, Douglas, Wyoming, since 1994, so 
a couple years, it'll be 30 years, Frontier Baptist Church. So uh, he has been faithful through all that time, and I praise the Lord for it. Great example to me. Uh, and I wish I could do this just straight talking, but uh, love and appreciate my parents very much. Uh, praise the Lord for them. Well, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12 this morning. Uh, scripture reading was a little bit different. Scripture reading was maybe a little bit different to ask Mark to read this morning than what I would normally have. But I was considering Memorial Day and uh, what to preach on Memorial Day. And this passage, the Lord kept bringing it to mind this week. And I'm going to look at that as Christians, we have a Memorial Day as well. We have to... Uh, we have a heritage that is, that is uh, amazing and ought to challenge us. I want to look at that. Before I do, I want to read a couple things about Memorial Day because I don't want to just skip over it. It's an important thing that we remember those who've, who have uh, paid the ultimate price for our freedom. And I, I, I know that I cannot say anything this morning that is, is adequate for the sacrifices they made. I love my country. Uh, and I'm thankful for them. Uh, without their bravery, without their heroics, we would not have the freedom we have today. And so I praise the, praise the Lord for them. I, I, I looked up a couple quotes, and, and uh, I know this is insufficient, but I wanted to read some of these. I thought they were good. Liberty isn't free, despite the fact that we freely disregard that fact. Said by... Uh, Greg or Craig D. Lousborough. I don't know the man, but I thought that was right. Liberty isn't free despite the fact that we di freely disregard that fact. Elmer Davis said this will remain the land of the free so long as it is home of the brave. FDR said those who have long enjoyed such privileges as we enjoy forget in time that men have died to win them. Nathan Hale said, and maybe the greatest statement in American history, one of them anyway, I only regret that I have but one life to lose for my country. General Douglas MacArthur said, I, or No man is entitled to the blessings of freedom unless he be vigilant in his preservation. In its preservation. No man is entitled to the blessings of freedom unless he be vigilant in its preservation thought about that. I wonder if we're vigilant in its preservation. Are we doing our part for our country? George S. Patton, I think one of the greatest warriors in American history. I love the autobiography of Patton. I don't agree with everything he said, but this is good. He said, it is foolish and wrong to mourn the men who died. Rather, we should thank God that such men lived. Rather, we should thank God that such men lived. Doesn't mean we don't miss them. That's not what he was saying. But praise the Lord for, for men that stood up and did what needed to be done for our freedom. We are blessed to live in this country. I hope we never forget that. I hope we pray for our country and, and uh, trust God to, to bring revival again. We need it so desperately here. We celebrate Memorial Day remembering the men and women who have sacrificed for our freedom. 
In chapter 11 of Hebrews, we see the hall of faith, and the last part is a memorial to the heroes of the faith. I want to read again what Mark read in Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to begin in verse 32, and it says, What shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, of Jephthah, of David also, and of Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. What a statement right here in verse 38. It always is just so profound to me. Could it be said of me or of you, of whom the world was not worthy? That's in the word of God. Their sacrifice was so that the Bible says the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. I want to read that this morning because I want to go into our text. Verse chapter 12, 1 through 4 is our text this morning. We need to see what it's talking about when we go into chapter 12. Verse 1 says, Wherefore, or because of that, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. I want to stop there this morning. Look at three things that we're told here. We have this great cloud of witnesses. We have a heritage. When we read about what happened, it ought to inspire us to serve the Lord. They sacrificed so that we could have the gospel. The sacrifice down through history to preserve the perfect word of God ought to inspire us to serve God to a greater extent. And that is what is being told here. So I want to look at three things. Number one, it's, it is er, for us to lay aside. Let us lay aside. Let us run. And then lastly, we we're going to see Christ's example. I want to look at these three things this morning. Are we worthy of this heritage that we have? As Christians, I mean as Americans, we look back and we see those that have fought and died for us. It ought to make us stand up and fight for this country. It ought to make us desire to preserve the freedoms that they died for. But Christians, when you look back and see the blood that was shed down through history for Christianity, does not it, should it, it should inspire you to stand up and serve Him. Lay aside the weight that does easily beset us. Let's have a word of prayer. I want to look at these three points. Lord, thank You 
Thank you, Lord, for the music we sang this morning. Father, help us. As we sing the music, it is well with my soul, Lord, to truly worship you. As we consider the sacrifice you made, the love you have for us, Lord, help us to draw us closer to yourself. Lord, that our soul would be still, would be at peace, would be resting in you. Lord, guide in the message this morning. I need your strength and your wisdom. Lord, each one of us here need to hear from you this morning, so speak to each one. Use your word in our lives today. In Christ's holy name we pray, amen. Alright, so I want to look at these three things, and, and it's, it's pretty simple this morning. He said in verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, there's no doubt in my mind when he says that, that they can see us here. We talk about people in heaven looking down on earth, and, and there's no sin there, there's no sorrow there. But this says we're compassed about with that great cloud of witnesses. I believe they're aware of our lives. That ought to make us want to serve him greater. I consider Mr. Martin to be one that could fall into the hall of faith. If you didn't get the privilege of spending some time with Milton Martin, you'll meet him in heaven someday, if you know the Lord is your Savior. What a great man. And I consider him in heaven today, my mentor in, in the ministry, or one of them. I'm surrounded with a cloud of witness. Am I, am I living up to the training that he gave me? Not that I need to glorify Mr. Martin, but that God gave me a heritage there. Christians, we have a heritage to stand up to. Wherefore, we're surrounded with this great cloud of witnesses. He said, let us do these things. First of all, he said, let us set aside the weight that's... The, boy, I can't think. I want to get it right. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Christian, we think about that as being a simple thing. You're going to go into battle. You don't need extra weight. If you're going to go run a race... You want to you get down to the bare minimal. Nothing more than absolutely necessary. I want to be as light as possible. I want to be ready to go. Lay aside the weights. But I consider, the, the, if you want to use an analogy, then the sin would be the fat. If I'm going to go into a race, I'm going to run a 100-yard dash, I need to be in peak condition, correct? I think of Michael Phelps when he was in the Olympics and was winning all the golds. There wasn't an ounce of fat on that guy. He was absolutely in perfect condition. It was insane how in shape that guy was. But he could swim so fast. It was fun to watch him swim. Why? Because he had dedicated himself to one thing. This says, let us lay aside. Let us get ourselves ready for the battle. I just thought about two things. One of them is to lay aside is to be different from this world. To be different from this world. You know where we're failing in Christianity today? So there's no difference. There's no difference. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through 18. It 
2 Corinthians 6, 14 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are not, or for ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. We talk about this in marriage, and it's right. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, Christian young people. When you get, say, when you get married, you should marry someone who's a Christian. Pretty plain and simple. Be not unequally yoked. It's simply about salvation. Are you going to go and walk with someone that knows the Lord or not? But Christian, it's, it's everything in life. This isn't just applied to marriage. We lied to business. We applied to friendship. Not that we can't be friends with the world, but they're not our, they're not our close friends. This is our family. He says, be not unequally yoked, but then he says, 17, wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. We are to get away from it as far as possible. I was in a church this week, and I thought as I was sitting there, they're not coming out from among them and being separate. There's parts of the world in here. We need to pull that out and be separate in our churches, but in our own personal life. Why do we accept, think God's going to accept us as sinners? You know, He redeems you as a sinner, but He does not accept you as a sinner. God does not accept sin. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, and touch not the unclean thing. We're to be different. There's to be a change. Lay aside the weight and the sin which so, does so easily beset us. Titus chapter 2 Titus chapter 2, verse 14. <coughs> We're going to go back up to uh, verse 9. It says, Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters, and to please them well in all things, not answering again, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. He gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. We're redeemed, we're saved from all iniquity. And purify, then clean unto himself a peculiar people. Different. I'm to be different. It's not wrong to stand out in a crowd. It's okay to be different. Now, not like the world says, I'm not to be different and that I, that I want to rebel against society. But I am to be different and I am surrendered to God. I'm different because when I walk into the workplace, I'm not talking the way they talk. I'm not thinking about what they think about. I'm not 
drinking with them. I'm not going out and partying with them. My focus is on God. Christian, we are to be different. Faith without works is what? Dead. So if I don't change, if I'm not coming out from the world, then my faith probably isn't real. If I'm still comfortable there with them, I need to examine my heart. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. He says, he's purified unto himself a peculiar people. My first thing when let us lay aside the weight is just to get out of the world. It's not our home anymore. Get out of the world. Secondly, he says, and the sin that doth so easily beset us. We're to be out from the world, but we are to be pure as well. To be careful. I, I, I thought, be, be different and be careful. We consider getting in shape, and, and I, I talk about it all the time. I don't have the discipline to get in shape. I don't have the discipline to get up and, and run every morning or ride my bike as I should. I want to. I talk about it. Dad was telling me last night, well, cut out the potatoes and the bread, and I laughed at him. Like, nah. <laughs> Crazy talk. <laughs> but if we're going to get in shape, if we're going to be ready to go into war, what are we going to do? We're going to make the sacrifices. If I knew that I had a battle coming, all right, if I'm an MMA fighter and I got a match coming up in a month, what am I going to be doing? We'll be training. I'm being very, very careful about what I put into my body. The things that I eat. Christian, we can be way more focused on that than we are on what we put into our spiritual bodily, to our spiritual growth. To be careful, to be pure, to be watchful of what I put into my body. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 and 26. Twenty through twenty-six. <coughs> Excuse me. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. He says, keep thy heart with all diligence. When I say be careful this morning, it is because as a Christian, I have to watch what I ingest. <laughs> I have to be careful about what I put in. The Bible says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What I put into me will come out. If I'm putting in a bunch of junk, a bunch of trash, a bunch of filth, I'm not fit for the battle. If I'm standing every day and I'm, and I'm feeding on the Word of God... I'm exercising my spiritual muscles. I'm getting ready. Being careful. Being diligent. Put away from thee, it says, a forward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on. Let thine eyelids lids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Christian, are you careful with what you put into your heart? Jesus said in, in, in the Gospels that if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. If your hand offends you, cut it off and cast it from you. Why? Because I am to be careful about what I put into this body. I have to be diligent that my heart is pure. What have we ingested this week? Am I really fit for the battle? 
if I had to sit and run a spiritual race this week, if I have the 400 to run this week for Christ, am I set and ready to do it? You know, any time along Michael Phelps' training for the Olympics, the man was ready to swim. He might not have been in peak condition, but he was working every day to be there. I promise you, he, he could have jumped and swam with anyone in the world all through that time. Why? Because he was diligent about what he put into his body. We are, we are very careless with what we allow into our heart and into our lives. Through the television set, through this thing right here, our brain. You know, Satan knows how to get to us in this thing. It doesn't take very long if we're not diligent to allow things to get into our life that cause us to not run the race for Christ. With that sin, there comes doubt. With that, with that failing, becomes doubt, and, and Satan will eat at us and eat at us until we're not running the race that we should run. He says, Wherefore, seeing you're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Get rid of the filth. Come out from among the world. You don't have to be there anymore. That's the old man. The new man is created in righteousness. Shouldn't be drawn back to that old life. And lay aside the sin which so, does so easily beset us. Be vigilant. Be diligent to protect your heart. And then he said, and let us run the race. My second point, let us run. I was thinking about it as he said here, let us run the race with patience. With patience, be steady, be faithful. Stay the course. Galatians chapter 6, you know the verse, I'm sure. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. It doesn't say that you're going to reap right away. It doesn't say the fruit comes the first day, the rewards come the first day. It says, in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. If we're not discouraged and allow God to, or allow Satan to stop us. If we don't allow God to bring us on in the journey. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Let's not be discouraged in well-doing. Now, go with me to, to Acts chapter 20. Every one of us faces discouragement. Every one of us faces trials. But we don't have to, to be discouraged in it. Verse 22 of chapter 20 of Acts says, And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the, Holy of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. <clears throat> he says, listen, I know, I know, the Holy Spirit's already told me that when I go, there's going to be trials, there's going to be, there's going to be afflictions. Boy, you take the life of Paul and look at all that he went through, the stonings, the scourgings, the imprisonments, shipwrecked, Spent the end of his life in prison. 
He says, none of these things move me. None of that matters to me. None of this is going to discourage me. The hard times, I know they're coming. I'm ready for them. He says, I don't count my life dear unto myself. I've given it to God. To finish the race with patience, I have to allow Him to have all of it. He said, listen, it's His. My life is no longer dear to me. I'll never forget Noah George for saying this in a missions conference, that a, closed, a country is only closed to those who are worried about coming home. A country is only closed to those who are worried about coming home. He said, if you desire, if the Lord is sending you to a country that is closed to the gospel, you've given your heart and soul to Him, then you go not worried about the consequences. You don't count your life dear unto yourself. When you get over there, then you're going to run with patience. Here today, we can run with patience if I say my life is no longer mine. It's His. You take it, Lord, and you do whatever you want. If you take me home tomorrow, it's yours. If I live another 40 years and you take me home in my 80s, it's yours, Lord. You, you take my life. I can run with patience when I'm not worried about my flesh. He, Paul, was, Paul was willing to run. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I go here all the time. I'm never going to quit. Because this chapter is such a source of strength to me. But the last two verses of chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, 57 and 58. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, forasmuch as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. He said, I count my life I don't count it as any, anything. I've, I've given my heart and soul to Christ. My life is His. And then he said, Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, because in that it's not in vain. There's purpose in your life then. No one here wants to live a life of nothing. I don't want to get to the end and say it was all vain. There was, what did He do for us? What, what was the value of that life? But if, if I'm living for the Lord, it says, I know that my labor is not in vain. My life has just had eternal purpose and value. Run with patience the race that is set before you when you're running with Christ. When this, when this life is no longer mine, but it is His. I've got to lay aside the weight, come out from among the world, be separate, Guard my heart against sin. Walk with God every day of my life. Give Him my heart and soul. Then I can run with patience the race that is set before me. It doesn't matter how long it is. It doesn't matter how difficult it is. We're promised, yea, and all that live godly shall suffer persecution. I know it's going to come. What form? We don't know. I highly doubt I get put in a pit and stoned like Paul. But if you go into parts of the world, you could. But if I've given my heart and soul to Him, I, it, that's not going to discourage me. I'm going to run with patience the race that He's given me. He's given me a job, and I know that if I follow Him and I do it, that my life is not in vain. Run with patience and stay on course. I thought about this with this one. Be steady and stay on course. Do the job that God gave you. 
And don't be discontent there. Satan can bring it along and give you and make you look at somebody else's ministry and say, boy, I wish I had that. But if I'm walking with God, I'm just content in what He gave me, I can be fulfilled in the job that He gave me. No matter what. And I guarantee you the grass is always greener on the other side. God, Satan's going to put something in your mind to look better than you, than what you got. Every one of us can fall, fall trapped to that. Just stay on course. Be content with what God gave you. It is the greatest thing you can ever do, is follow Him. In his eyes, it's as important, it's as great a calling as any other that has ever happened. I consider Moses to be such a giant of the faith. You know, if you follow God here today and you serve him as you should in the job that he's given you, it's as valuable and treasured to God as Moses' job. It's as valuable to him because it's what he's given you to do. Stay on course. Don't be discontent with what God has given you. And run that race. Lastly, we see Christ as our greatest example. He said, we're surrounded with this cloud of witnesses. Those that, have, those that have stood for the faith in the past. But he said, listen, this is our greatest witness. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Back in our text. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, when I'm running the race, what I have to do is keep my eyes on Him. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. Remember His redeeming work in my life. When trials get tough, when, when things are hard, can I not fall back on what we saying? It is well in my soul. My sin is all nailed to the cross. I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Philippians chapter 1. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 1, 9 through 11. <coughs> Excuse me. He says this. He's, he's wrote this letter to the church at Philippi. Paul says this, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. That's running the race with patience. He says, Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. Be filled with the fruits of righteousness by Jesus Christ. I have that only by Him. So when I'm running the race, I can't do it in my own strength. I have to run it in His. Keep my eyes on Christ. My focus on Him. We know the story of Peter walking on the water. He goes out. What an amazing thing, that first step out of the boat. A fisherman, he knows what's going to happen if he walks out on the water on a normal day. He's not ignorant of the power of water and the danger there. Yet he sees Jesus walking on it. He keeps his eyes on Christ. He steps out and walks on the water. His mind had to have been just exploding. I, I can't imagine the feeling that must have been. Walking across that. And as long as he's looking at Christ, he's walking on the water. And then all of a sudden, a little thought comes in. Wait a minute, I'm standing on water. And he looks down at the water and he gets afraid and starts to sink. Because he took his eyes off Jesus. It's the same in our life. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If I'm going to run with patience, I can't look at my surroundings. 
Boy, it can be discouraging. This country of ours is discouraging. I shut the news off most of the time. I, I want to know what's going on, but I don't. Because it, it, it's frustrating to see what's going on in our world today. But listen, that doesn't mean I can stop running my race. That means my race is all that more, much more important, and so is yours. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He says, listen, you, you're filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ under the glory and praise of God. Christian, keep your eyes on Him. Redeem, remember His redeeming work in your life. And just trust Him. You're going to get discouraged at times. Look to Him. You will be tempted to quit. Every one of us have been tempted to quit, have we not? Throw in the towel at some point. Look to Him. I don't have the right to quit, and neither do you. And we don't have to. That's the great thing. It's not just that I'm obliged to work for Christ, but that I have the great privilege of serving Him, and He says that He'll meet my needs all along the way. Just look back to Him, and it no longer becomes a burden. It becomes a joy to serve Christ. Look to Jesus. And then He says back in our text that your suffering is temporary. He have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. This verse is always convicting to me. We all get to feeling pretty sorry for ourselves at times. Feel sorry for yourself this week? <laughs> Jesus says, listen, it, it's temporary. It is for a time. Life is short. Your trials will not last forever. And he knows all about it. He knows all about it. I love that he walks through those trials with us. And he never leaves us nor forsakes us. This is how we run the race with patience. We, we have a great heritage as Christians. Read the trail of blood sometime. Read Fox's Book of Martyrs sometime. And see what the price that has been paid down through history so that we can have this perfect word of God. Look at the price that was paid so we have the freedom to sit here today and, and worship the Lord. And see if it doesn't challenge you to lay aside the weight that says so easily beset us and run with patience the race set before us. We have the privilege of serving Christ and we have the privilege of Him being our example. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. He thought Himself, I'm paraphrasing, he knew he was, not, he was equal with God, yet made himself of no reputation, took upon the form of a servant, made in fashion of a man, and gave his, heart and gave his life for us. That's our example. I can run with patience when I look to Jesus. He despises the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Are you running the race this morning with patience? Are you bogged down in this world? Is there weights that are easily besetting us? He said, let's set that aside and get our focus back on Him. Your life doesn't have to be in vain. You can have eternal weight and purpose in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank You for our time this morning. Lord, use Your Word in our lives. I ask that each one would be challenged, that we would focus on Your Word. So easy to be sidetracked, so easy to be discouraged, to stop running the race that we should be running this morning. I know that for each one of us, you have a very specific purpose. Lord, help us to focus on that, to, to look to you for the strength, the patience to run.
serve you this morning, Lord. I'm going to take a short invitation. If you'd stand, eyes closed, head bowed, and eyes closed. If the Lord spoke to you, your heart this morning. Are you running the race as you should? Hide every weight. Is there sin in your life that's easily besetting you? Are you controlled by some besetting sin? Just giving up. There's no victory here. Every day I fail the same. I'm not going to run this race anymore. Jesus said, He has given us the victory. You can serve Him. You can run that race this morning. Just looking unto Jesus.